Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit on everything. Hey, Craig. Hey Jeff, so if I told you, you know, both WC basketball teams have played three games since we last recorded, uh, if I told you one of the teams uh, had a negative 49 point differential and one of the other teams had a negative <laughs> 18 point differential, uh, which team do you think would be 2-1 and one, and which team do you think would be 0-3 yeah. in that stretch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sports are funny. Sports are funny. Ha ha ha. Yeah, and, and and then you know, while our listeners think about that quandary, like this is podcast versus everyone, episode one fifty nine. I'm Craig Powers. With me as always is Jeff Newser. Jeff, what the fuck, man? What <laughs> we, we were we were so hyped last week. What Yes we were. What, what apparently what, the team gonna... was too. <laughs> So, I mean, what happened against Arizona wasn't entirely surprising to me. I mean, we, you know, we talked about how Arizona is really fucking good. Like they're they're insanely good. Like they're probably the best team in the conference in you know at least five or six years. Like the last the last time the conference had a one seed was Arizona in uh, 2015, I think. 2014, I think back to back years. Uh, those two years they had. Uh, one seeds, and so it's it's been quite a while. Uh, Ken Palm's got them ranked the number two team in the country. I think they're also number two in net, like you know, by by virtually any objective measure, they're you know one of the top teams in the country. And you know, in in a non Gonzaga year, might be you know might be number one. Um, so it's it's it, they're really really good, and you saw why in the game. They're um, they're athletic. They play fast. They uh, they they stifle you on defense and they attack you relentlessly on offense. And you know if you make one mistake, like like a blown layup that would have cut the game to two, uh, you know you make that one mistake and then you know all of a sudden seconds later you, you miss the layup. They're coming back and they make a layup and in transition and you got uh, um you know all of a sudden it's a, instead of a two point game it's a six point game and then they go on a little run and and the game's over and. Uh, you know, you really do have to play kind of a perfect game against them in order to uh, in order to have much of a chance. Uh, we played a good game, I thought. Uh, did not play a perfect game, and and that was that. Um, kind of my favorite stat that I'm using right now to try and you know explain to people just how flipping good uh, Arizona is um, is you know I say okay, so they've lost one uh, Pac-12 game, and that was to UCLA on the road. 
and they've won every other Pac-12 game that they've played this year. And all of those games they've won by nine or more points. Every single one. Every single one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just one game, by the way. The rest of them were all double digits. So, um, I mean, they are just, you know, running over people in this conference, playing them to 12 points is, is nothing to, to, uh, you know, hang your head about. So that was fine. Um, and then, and then of course, Saturday happened. So, well, in Arizona, it was really the, given the pace the game was played at, which is more to Arizona's liking than the WSU's liking it, because Arizona was able to push a lot more because WSU couldn't make any shots. Like, like it, it, they were basically at one point per possession. Arizona, which is a very good offense, yep. they you know that was one of their worst per possession performances of the year, and that's with WSU not being able to make a shot on the other end and and giving them many opportunities to run out and and still to hold them to one. Very impressive. It's just story of the weekend and the Monday is the offense and yep this the. Massive is the massive amounts of missed shots. Arizona nine turnovers, twelve point seven percent turnover rate. Arizona had a twenty five percent turnover rate, doubled in the amount of turnovers. That if so, I I had said in when I uh, I answered some questions for uh, Desert Swarm, the uh, Arizona SB Nation blog. You know, they asked me to you know give a prediction or whatever. And I said, well, to win, WSU needs to turn, you know, turn them over 22 to 25% of the time and they need to hit 40% of their threes. Well, they got the 25% turnovers. If they would have hit 40% of their threes, that would have been five more threes. They would have won the game. So that's really what they needed to do. They played the defense they needed to, they played the defense that they needed to do to win. They just didn't get the offense. And, yep. That broken fucking record there this season, right? So yeah. like, yeah, that you that was a, a big bummer. Um, you know, there wasn't. You know, Muhammad Gay had a nice start to the game. They really shut that down pretty quick. Arizona did just to. There's there's just no bad play. Like we said it in the preview. There's no bad player on that team. No bad player on that rotation. Like it, they're just so hard to deal with because everyone can hurt you. Everyone can play defense. Yep. Every like yep. it's just they're so big at every position. Like their shortest yep. player is a six three point guard. But then they always put a six five or a six six two guard next to him. So it you know, it's they're they're so goddamn good. And and then it, UW found that out on Saturday. UW played about as perfect as you could for ten minutes. <laughs> and then and had a 15, yeah. 14 point lead. Yeah. They had a 14 point lead and they ended up trailing by 9 at halftime losing the game by like what like 30 28 something like that. Yeah. I think it's, Arizona went on a 19-0 run at one point or something like that. Uh And they yeah. do it so quick. It's, and that's what you said, you know, WSU cut it to had a chance to cut it to Bomba stole the ball or uh yeah, Bomba stole the ball, dribbled yeah. down the court, had a layup, missed it. Flowers had an easy tip in, kind of whiffed on it, like bobbled it or something. Like I, yeah, it was, it was I, very I still weird. can't tell you what happened on that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm honestly, then, I'm honestly not sure. Literally, less than four seconds later, Matherin, Matherin is laying the ball in. It's a four yep. point game. Two minutes later, it's a ten point game. 
Yeah. It's, uh, you, you got to play perfect more or less. Uh, at least, at least we do. You um, can't miss a layup. That's for sure. You can't miss not, a layup. Can't miss fast break layup. Yeah. And you can't miss open threes uh, or very many of them. And we missed a bunch. And well, yeah. So, and also yeah, we had FA Abagidi shot five threes in that game, which. Yeah. That's a I mean, product if you're, of Arizona. You know, if you're Arizona, right? then you just yep. go, yeah, okay, you can have those, <laughs> you know, I'd, Take your chances with them, and I and I mean the, you know, if you're if you're Arizona or, or really anybody at this point, I mean, FA shooting a three is is not a, um, that that's something that you that you welcome. I, I think for two reasons. One is you know he hasn't proven really that he can punish you from out there consistently, and then beyond that, if he's you know twenty feet from the basket, he's not getting an offensive rebound either. Yep. So. Um, that's you know an FA three is is probably a pretty good result for most teams and oh wait and by the um, way FA shot so. all three of WSU's free throws in that game yeah I mean that I think that shows you just the the problem that Arizona presents particularly for our team with you know with our miniature guards it's like um you, you, I mean how how are you gonna draw a foul how are you gonna get to the rim how you I mean <laughs> you know Flowers and and uh, Roberts were just they, they just you know, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, that they're, they're and yeah, these guys like, aren't seven foot stiffs. They're they're seven foot, you know, athletic shot erasers. You know, I mean, they are. And I there were only yeah. twenty, only twenty two fouls called in this game. Period. Yeah. So it yeah. wasn't. It's. You know, I mean, it's just hard to draw any contact. Arizona doesn't have to foul you. It's hard to get really any kind of advantage. Um you know, as you alluded to, I mean, they were going to have to hit a lot of jump shots. You know, you, you focused in on the threes, but the reality was they were going to have to hit other jump shots too. And, and they just, you know, they seen enough of them. So there was nothing about it that discouraged me. If anything, I was like, okay, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> that's uh, you know, I was hoping for a win and that would have been really cool. But also this was yeah. probably the most likely outcome was yeah. you know losing the game by, you know, somewhere between like, seven and 12 points or eight and 12 points or something like that. And, you know, and so you just, you know, you flush it and move on and, 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 uh, you know, go beat Arizona state. Right. Yeah. Well, um, uh, there's something about, <laughs> something about the way WSU, you know, Arizona state's not a, not a bad defense. Like they're top one. No, they're Kemp pretty Palm okay. And, yeah, yeah. But they really, you know, you given, Two game sample. Obviously, Arizona State's offense struggles against WSU's defense, but you know WSU's defense offense also struggles against their defense. If, if you're given, you know, what they were point seven one in the fifty one twenty nine win, and in this game they're point eight six points per possession. Um, you know, it's it's tough to beat a team twice when you're that low, no matter the quality of the team, um, yeah. and and really. Uh, you know, you 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 uh, kind of pried out of shot quality uh, account the the shot quality yeah. numbers for this. That's what I was hoping for. I was like, they, I know that stuff's not publicly available, but if I maybe tease it, maybe we can get it, and we got it. So yeah, explain. So now, one WSU shot quality number for this wasn't good. No, and they they no, pretty much they. I think they were expected 58 points. They got 55. So it's like pretty much in the range. The other side of it 
is Arizona's quality of shots, Arizona State's quality of shots, where they they hit 18 of 33 from on two pointers and WSU at 8 of 26 on two pointers. The shot quality, especially those two point shots, were not all that different. And but Arizona State was hitting every 12 footer, every 10 footer, every runner. They everything was every falling. Floater. Every, every floater. Um, as you said in your story, seven of their seven of what they hit seven of nine on on uh jump shots down the stretch so they were just hitting that lane and, and wc was you know they were kind of giving them that they were playing that zone and they were giving them that soft spot and they were just hitting every shot and you don't typically you know at best you expect them to hit half of those you know if they miss three of them that's a game right there yep. um i mean so, it was the difference in the game like yeah. We missed some twos. They hit some twos, and you, you know you lose by three. I mean, it was so well, frustrating. You know, it's, 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 just... it's frustrating because they force. So WSU uh, has the advantage on the glass. That you know, much better offensive rebounding. Uh, they turn. You know, they, they force Arizona State into almost thirty percent turnover rate. Yep. And I mean, WSU is a little too high. That's. For, in, big part because of i mean two two of your best guys had awful awful games like yeah flowers had his worst game of the year flowers has worst game of the year close and fa abagidi was luckily only played 15 minutes because he was awful and they i mean he you could tell they just weren't playing him because he just they took him out in the first half he didn't play for a long time because he was just struggling against arizona state which is very weird because we see fa struggle against like guys his size and who are also athletic, but we usually don't see. This is the kind of roster that you kind of see him pick apart usually, but just he, it wasn't usually. happening. Um, he was getting pinned. He's getting pinned down trying trying to post, and like he gets this, he does this thing where he goes to like he goes behind the backboard basically, and then kind of hopes to like jump out of it, and it does not work that often. And it was not yeah. working. He had four turnovers. So WC had 14 turnovers. Ten of them were between Flowers and Abigidi. And, and yep, you know, that's Flowers, Flowers <laughs> two of eight from three, one, you know, took one two-pointer, six points, six turnovers, did have five steals. But, you know, he was he was just struggling. Like And, and WSU took Flowers out, which they never do. <laughs> He only um, played twenty six minutes. They they took him like, out. He's with, normally a thirty six minute guy. They took it him was out. Just he was playing that badly. With about what it was about eight minutes, and then they didn't put it back in until two. That's when WSU yeah. made the run to get back into the game. Yes, they they when were he was down on the bench. They were down eight and pulled within one, and yeah. then they bring him back in, and we saw you know he he just he did hit a crazy three, but like that. Other than that, like you know, he almost turned the ball over, and when they when they got a steal, like it was just his worst game, yeah. and yeah. like it was just eight of twenty six on the inside, man. You got Muhammad Gay hitting three of eight on twos, you fa fa going over two, Noah missing yep. inside, Bamba getting towards the rim but missing everything, one of five on twos, like it just they could not hit, could not hit shots in the paint. You know this. What they've definitely shot worse on threes. They could have shot better. I mean, at this point, it seems like I, I, I'd go back. Go back if they shoot less than thirty-five percent from three. Like it's tough for them to win. But 
I mean, really, it's ten of thirty three from three is is one thing, but eight of twenty six on twos. Yeah, that's just that's, brutal. Yeah, that's. I mean, I hate to use the word inexcusable because it's like I mean, you just you know you have you have a bad day. Like it's not like there's no excuse for that. I know fans love to do that stuff. I, I guess I just am more like I. That shouldn't happen. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I don't really know. Well, Arizona any State other way to was, say it. Arizona State was using a zone, and we were just having trouble with that. Um, having yeah. trouble finding looks inside. You know, Flowers. You know, I said turning the ball over a lot. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, it's. I mean, it was it was depressing, man. Like, yeah. you know, you're. You know, I've kind of been banging the drum all year about like, hey, you know, this this team is is still pretty good and. Um, you know, they're, they, they, you know, they just are getting unlucky in, in some respects and also just, you know, kind of playing better than you think a lot of times. Like, I mean, I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to stay upbeat and positive, but I mean, this game was just, was just a killer. Like, it's not just the loss, right? It's, it's the manner it's the, and I guess that's what, you know, I, I kind of explored that in my Monday column a little bit, like trying to figure out why people are so, you know, down on the team given, just sort of like the entire context of, you know, the last 10 years of Cougar basketball and the progress that they've made under Smith and everything else. And I, I mean, I guess that's part of it. You know, the manner of the losses are just sort of devastating. Um, you know, I think that, you know, yeah, they, I mean, like they're, there's, they're much more frustrating because it's, it's just, it always seems like it's right there. Yeah. And it seems it's like, if only, a, if only a couple of these games would go our way. Yeah. You know, like it would, yeah. it would just be a whole different season. But it's just every time we're in this, it's it's it just goes yep. the other way. It seems. Yep, and so, you know, it just you know another loss where everyone declared our NCAA tournament hopes dead, which um, you know I still don't think is true. Uh, now, if we go through the next two games uh, this weekend, which we'll talk about, if we don't win either of those. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably safe to say that, you know, an at-large bid barring, a, you know, a run to the championship of the Pac-12 tournament or something. I mean, you know, barring that sort of a thing, I don't I don't think there's much of a chance, but but it definitely doesn't help. And I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Like you look at all these losses, all these close losses, you go, well, they're not killers, but they, you know, they, they don't help. And, um, you know, they're just they're running out of runway, man. And, and losing to Arizona state is, you know, frustrating. It, it, it really shouldn't have happened, but you know, it's, it's just one of those weird things that, that happens sometimes where, um, you know, they're shooting variants and, uh, you know, things, things get weird. And, you know, as I said, in my column, I mean, if this was the NBA, uh, you'd just go, eh, <laughs> you know, eh, it happens. Um, you know, and if this was the NBA and we were just looking at the season as a whole, right? 20 some games. Well, that's like, you know, it's a quarter of an NBA season. Again, there's, you can look at a run of 20 some games for any team in the NBA a lot of times and just think, oh, well, you know, they lost a bunch of close ones during that stretch. Boy, that was a bummer. Like, but you know, college basketball, obviously your season is so short. You got 30 games and, um, you know, this team has just, you know, really been, you know, snake bitten and you know, whatever other descriptor you want to use. And, um, you know, so this was, this was definitely one, uh, this was definitely one that hurt and, um, you know, Arizona state can play. So, I mean, you know, take nothing away from them in, in the sense that it's not like they lost to a bunch of chumps, but, um, and I, and I think I would argue that, you know, Arizona state is pretty much, you know, underachieved all season. Cause I don't think very much of Bobby Hurley as a coach, but, 
you know, still should have won. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just, you know, a long, another in a long line of, you know, frustrating losses that don't, uh, that don't seem to make a lot of sense, but have, you know, they've, they've got explanations, right? Taking in a vacuum each game has an explanation, but man, there's just been so many of them. And I, I guess that's, I guess that's kind of the killer for a lot of people. Yeah, it was brutal. It was a tough one. Um, lots of, uh, you know, kook Twitter wasn't fun. You know, kook, uh, any of that stuff wasn't fun. Uh, but then we had to flush it and, you know, the players had to flush it because, you know, COVID scheduling, um, you know, they, they went down to Eugene two days later, uh, and they're playing again in a, in a massive game for both teams. Um, and, Again, you know, WSU is looking good for points in the game. You know, they start out well. They weather a storm in the first half where they go down 12. They come back, take a five-point lead uh, midway through the second half. And then it's just, you know, it after they missed, like, their 11th shot in a row, I yelled at my TV and like Amanda must just like, she's looking at me like, what the hell? Like, I'm just like, how can this happen again? Like how the fuck can this happen? Every fucking game, like 11 shots in a row they've missed for, you know, they haven't had a field goal for five goddamn minutes. Like how the fuck does this, like, how is it fucking possible that they that just keeps fucking happening? Like these, like just if you look at these guys numbers they're not this bad of shooters collectively like one of them should be able to make a goddamn shot out of 11 especially when like half of those shots are layups one of them is a breakaway dunk that's missed like what in the fuck gets into these guys how they go through these stretches every single game where they just yeah cannot make a shot and the Oregon one was most frustrating because people are like oh you're settling for threes you're settling for threes this particular stretch, they were not settling for threes. They were, yeah. they were getting inside shots, and the threes they were taking were wide open, and they were just missing the fucking shots over and over. I think they missed 13 in a row until FA got a tip dunk. And yep. it, it's just it, – it's so – like, it's it's insane. <laughs> like, how no. is this how, – how, how can they have – like – It's incredible. You can't, you can't tell me that they were doing bad things during that stretch. Like they were getting no. good shots. They were. Yakimovsky turned into freshman Yakimovsky, missed two layups in a row, got his own rebound, missed another one. And then and then it like it's just like Noel Williams, who went who was super hot in the first half, five and six, gets a breakaway two handed dunk and misses that. Like Yeah. You you got you got <laughs> Ty Roberts hit, missing wide open three pointers. It's Oh my god, man! Like it, it's, it's like it's insane. Like just they torpedo them like in the second half so many times just because they go yeah. through these stretches and they had a stretch yeah. in the first half too. Yeah, but but when you do it in the second half, you're you're fucking stuck. Like, you yeah. can't recover. And yet, and yet, even for all that, when FA gets the put back dunk, that pulls them within two. Yep. And then uh, a little bit later, sorry, next possession, Then because the, the following Oregon possession, they had some uh, offensive rebounds. But um, next WSU possession, Flowers hits a three, and all of a sudden you're only down by one, right? Yep. Okay, here we go. We're down by one, 530 to go. 
And then, you know, Oregon rips off a, a little 6-0 run. And, and that was then, that. Uh, you know, and, and that was kind of that. And, you know, Although, they kind of trade buckets a little bit. And, you know, they go up by nine. And then you've got the crazy finish. But I, the funny thing was, like, okay, so I watched. I, I didn't, you know, probably like a lot of people um, was doing, you know, Valentine's Day-ish stuff. Monday night. Um, so, you know, I watched the first half and then didn't watch the second half, but I, I did check the score. Cause I was like, well, maybe I'll watch it tonight, but I was getting the sense I would not be able to watch it Monday night. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to check the score. Cause I can't avoid it forever. And then I checked, I was like, Oh fuck. And then, uh, so today, you know, today I watched, uh, you know, I watched the first half or watched the second half and you know, I didn't come away disappointed or I didn't, I didn't come away at least until, at least until that inbounds play. And, you know, we could probably talk about that, but, um, you know, I just like the shots they were getting were good. They were just missing them. And I, I like, I don't know what else you can do. And there's been so many complaints about the offense and, uh, you know what it's like someone I was talking with after the Arizona state game. Cause obviously everybody was super fresh after that, you know, talking with Michael Sean Duger, who's uh, you know, is a Coug who covers the Seahawks for the athletic. And, you know, he's just like, you know, I just want to see more creativity in the offense. And, and I'm like, you know, the offense has been, you know, pretty okay. I mean, you know, against the, you know, the lesser teams we were playing during that, you know, that winning stretch, we were that, that winning streak, we were, you know, scoring, I think the lowest we, we scored was 1.04 or something like that points per possession, which, you know, is fine. Then there were a whole bunch that were 1.1 or 1. Yeah. 1.1 or better. Um, you know, so they were doing what they needed to do. Now those of course were the worst teams in, in the conference. So, I mean, there's obviously that is some part of it, but you know, you, you go and you have a bad game against Northern State. You want to see more creativity. You want to see this. You want to see that. I want to see dribble handoff. I want to see no in the pick and roll. Okay, great. So against Oregon, I counted five, five uh, possessions with Noah in the pick and roll. And we got uh, zero points out of those five possessions. And not to say that it's a bad play, but because, I mean, maybe they just got unlucky or whatever. There was, you know, a layup that was missed and. Uh, you know, I think at one point, I think they got uh, a foul on the ground on one of them, but it, just sort of overall, it, it's not like it yielded results. Um, you know, it's just like, they are trying. I saw, I saw some stuff in the second half that was, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a coach. So for me, it's like, I'm not looking at it going like, wow, that's an amazing creative set that the coach did this and that. Like I'm, I'm not, but I can see, you know, the movement, I can see, you know, more or less what they're trying to do. And it's like, man, I saw some stuff where they were trying to attack different parts of the floor. I mean, there was one where, you know, they did a nice little screen to get Noah woke, uh, uh, a post up, right? They did like a little weak side screen to get him a post up as he came across. And, you know, they got him the ball deep. And uh, I think he may have even drawn a foul on the ground. It's like, you know, but they were trying stuff. They're trying stuff. You know, it's not just high screen and roll all the time. Like they're trying lots of stuff. And I mean, what can you do if they just don't make a shot? <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know how you blame the coaching staff for being unable to manufacture uh, buckets when they do get open shots and they just they just miss them all. Like I, I don't I don't know how you reconcile those two things. I mean, I guess people just need to blame someone, um, and it's it's a lot easier to be like, well, you know, the coach should have done something instead of just saying, well, the shot was there, they just missed it. I mean, I know that's a lot less satisfying. So. You know, maybe maybe that's you know a big part of what it is, but 
uh, it just, I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I like I'm, I'm process oriented. You know, this, our listeners know this and the process to me looked pretty good. Uh, they were getting good looks. Um, you know, it just, they just weren't going down and Oregon's, you know, as much as people want to go like, well, Oregon's not as good as they were. Well, you know, I got some news for you. They're playing pretty damn good right now, except for that, whatever lost the cow that happened. You take that out of the equation. They've been playing pretty well for a while and they're going to make the tournament. Like I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that they're going to make the tournament. So, you know, losing to Oregon, there's no shame losing to Oregon on the road, but again, it's, you know, it's the manner, it's the manner, right? Where, you know, it's the same thing again. And, um, you know, you just end up frustrated. So I don't know, man, it's what other takeaways were there for you from that game? Well, one, you, you have, you have Ty Roberts playing 36 minutes and he goes one of 11 and, yep. and he, you know, I, I can't, I, I'm not sure like what his defensive impact is. Like he doesn't seem to be super negative defensively. Um, he does seem to, you know, sometimes gets picked on because of his size, but he seems to be fine on that. He plays really hard. You know, he got seven, six defensive rebounds this game, which is crazy for a guy his size, but yep. like it, but what, what I see is, you know, uh, flowers kind of boosted his three point numbers at the end, but, uh, but he was, he ended up with 23 points, which I was the quietest 23 points I've ever seen, I think. Um, but, but you have flowers and Roberts play 36 minutes each and they each turn the ball over once. And so, you know, in total, again, we only turn, you look over on, on the right side of the box score, you see their good turnover numbers. There's good, good rebound numbers. So we're winning the shot volume, right? And that's what we've been like, okay, last year we're like, they clearly want the shot volume, but they're turning the ball over too much. And it's, it's clear that Kyle Smith was like, we need to fix this turnover situation. And so they did, they went out and got two guards who don't turn the ball over. But the problem is they also don't create. So they don't right. take risks. And that may be by right. direction. They it may they may be told not to take risks because they don't want to, you know, not to be like Bonton and throw risky passes that may end up in turnovers, whatever, but sometimes hit. So they can run those pick right. and rolls, but how often do you see a big flash open for a bit and they just don't they they don't take the risk they don't they make just won't throw it yep. they just won't throw a lob or whatever and so that because they're they're avoiding turnovers it's turnover avoidance and that's you know that's honestly why like on Kempom and why generally our offense is better than it is last year because because we're just taking more shots and we're getting the shot volume and when the shots fall it it works really well but when they don't fall. When you're getting that volume of shots, when you're rebounding, like they're getting second and third chances because they had 22 offensive rebounds, 41% of their own shots, they were grabbing the misses, which is a huge number. You know, you know, you may have been frustrated a couple of times because Oregon was getting offensive rebounds. So Oregon was only rebounding 30% of their misses, so 31%. So it's it's just they're getting the shot volume. But that's it makes it all the like it makes it worse almost because they yeah. just miss shot after shot. And when you take, you know, 30 yeah. people get angrier about missed threes. But, man, they were missing everything. Again, 14 to 40 on twos, 
35% on on your twos. Like I am way more irritated and annoyed by that than I am by the missed threes. Like I like miss threes or whatever. Like, you know, we shoot threes. That's what we do. I'm partial to the three point shot anyway. So I'm going to make all kinds of excuses for miss threes. Like I just, I understand that not everybody's like that, but I'm, I will do that. But like 35% on twos. It's like, what the, like, it's insane. Like, Dudes are yeah, dudes for are the, so frustrating with that. For for the weekend, you know, we for the you know these three games. How would you would would you have guessed that we would have shot the highest percentage of twos against Arizona? Yeah, forty one and a half percent, and then we go thirty one percent against Arizona State and thirty five percent against Oregon. Yeah, and so, and I don't know that you can expect explain it like that some of it you can explain right Terrell Roberts going 0 of 5 is like you know whatever he's 5 foot 8 like or whatever he is I, I know he's listed 5 11 but there's no way that dude's 5 11 so whatever he is uh, under 5 11 but it's Noah again Noah starts right Noah's 5 for 11 he starts 5 of 6 in the first half hits a couple threes and yeah I mean if you're following this team that you had to have mixed emotions about that I I had I was like uh, this is cool Noah is hitting shots is it going to be Noah keeps hitting shots and this is going to be like Cal and Stanford weekend last year or is it going to be Noah feels good about himself and he's just going to keep shooting and it was the latter and Noah I mean, went, it, it was a little like it wasn't like he was jacking up a bunch of wild threes I mean he, he did he did shoot a couple but of he did but he t- if he threes. Took, I mean, he took ten shots in the second half. Sure, but so how many? So how many of them? Like the twos. Okay, so he goes zero of eight on twos. Like I don't think there were very many twos. Like maybe a couple where I was like, eh. I mean, he shot some shot. turnarounds and and uh, yeah. Know, I mean, there was a couple, runners. but but there was also there was also a missed layup. There was also a missed dunk. Like I don't I don't know, man. I, well, that's just, the thing. Like he like when. When he is assertive, and it and it it doesn't it has not typically ended well this year. Yeah, and and that and, is true. And it's I mean, if he's assertive and he's good, it's good. But in the second half, he was assertive and he was zero for ten. And when when you have the guy who is, you know, probably one of the top usage guys in the second half, you know, going zero for ten. Yeah. That's that just that sucks and you know I don't know what's going like it you thought he was finally gonna break out finally gonna like have the nice game that you've just been waiting like he you know it seems like he's yep. got to have one eventually and he hit a couple threes against Arizona and you're like okay maybe the threes coming around hits a couple threes in the first half but you know the the, the next few he took were just way off and and it's just. It sucks. Like it sucks to see him. And and one thing that we, t- um, you and I were talking about is, and, and I alluded to earlier is like we don't have guards that are distributing the ball. We don't have guards that are setting up shots for other right. gu- guys. And you know, uh, Flowers <clears throat> occasionally has had some nice moments in the pick and roll with Gay in particular, but Flowers is below twenty percent, just below twenty percent in assist rate. No one on the team is above 20% on assist rate. That is weird. I mean, WSU, I think, yeah. is near the bottom in the country in assist rate. 
and so which is yep. assists per field goal made. So we just don't have guys creating shots, and I think part of it is is the turnover averse thing. But last year you had um, you had Bonton, who people thought it was like a selfish player, hog, you know, hogging the ball, whatever. But he was also able to you know, get into the lane and set guys up. He had a 28.7 assist rate, which was top 100 nationally. And even yeah. Noah, like even, <laughs> even Noah was dishing the ball. He was 21 and a half percent. He was higher than flowers as this year. We, we haven't had a team without at least one guy, usually at least two guys. I, I, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm going back. I, it's, crazy to not even have one guard or or even a small forward so we had the um so the 2017 team 26 2017 team had one guy barely over 20 percent can you guess who that was 2016 2017 yeah malachi flynn Am he I, was on that. He was on that team, but it was wrong. No, Malachi Flynn was on that team. Devontae Lacy. Uh, he was already graduated. Okay, you're Sorry. probably gonna be surprised I... that this guy played this late, actually. Okay. So it's Ikerabu. Uh, now I'm looking. Oh. Oh I... yeah. So that was the last team that we had. That was, you know, but actually that team overall was good at distributing the ball. They had like, uh, you know, they, like their assists per field goal made as an offense was decent, was good. But they, but you know, it's just that when you have these two guys that are dominating the ball up top and just not, you know, Roberts, especially in Pac-12 play is not getting the lane. He does have high, more assists in Pac-12 play, but he d- he's shot seven free throws and multiple of those are late game free throws. Like when yeah. he just got hacked, like his free throw rate is almost zero. And yep. so you're not, you're not getting, he's not getting any easy buckets. He's like an incredible free throw shooter, but he just doesn't get to the line because he has to right. make, he has to keep a space between him and the other guy. Right. Because if he's close, he's, he's going to get a shot blocked. Like that's just a given. Right. But these guys have low turnover rates, and that's why they're playing. You know, 13.3, 14.2. Those are incredibly low turnover rates for guards. Like, yeah. incredibly low. Like, really, even, really, really low for and Noah's, dominant guards. Noah's is a lot lower this year, but he's also not He's not, he's not a primary ball handler. Yeah, he's not doing what he did last year, and he's not playmaking. There are really not really any playmakers on this team, and... And that's that's why it's so hard to get out of these yeah. fucking stretches. Like you just don't have a yeah. guy who can draw the defense dish off for an easy dunk. Like how often? Yeah. How often last year did we see FA get easy dunks because because Noah or Bonton drew defense and they just slipped it off? We just don't see that very often this year. We you got to have somebody who can put pressure on the rim, and we have two guards who cannot. And and I think that that's I I think. I mean, I think it's worth <laughs> it's probably time to declare that the small guard experiment is is kind of a is kind of a mess and, and that there is, you know, we listen, we we <laughs> concluded that back in November that it was going to be a problem. And 
you know, against certain teams, it's less of a problem, right? But when you play Arizona, when you play Oregon, when you play USC, you know, the first time around, um, you know, the fact that you're running two guards out there that are six foot and under, and, and I know people tell me Michael Flowers is six foot one. I don't think Michael Flowers is six foot one. So you're running out two guards who are six foot and under, and neither one of which can get, um, neither one of whom can, can get to the rim like ever. Um, I mean, they've, each one of them has taken two to three times as many threes as twos. Um, they just, they cannot get to the rim. I think Michael Flowers, I was looking at hoop math, uh, not too long, like earlier today. Um, I think, you know, like 15% or something of his shots have come at the rim, um, which is an extraordinarily low number. Uh, and so you just, it, it really gets exposed against teams with, you know, your, your upper echelon athletes at guard. Um, that's what you saw against Oregon, you know, as you saw, you know, the Oregon's for, for all of their problems that they've had at times this year, um, they're still, you know, full of four star, five star guys. Um, you know, they go, I, I think their shortest guard is six, two or six, three. Um, and you, and you saw that and same thing against Arizona, um, Arizona state was, was less, but you know, it's, I just think that so much of what people think is problematic about the offense is really driven by the fact that we just don't you know, we're, we're, we're playing two guards for 35 minutes a game who cannot get to the rim. Um, and, and that just compounds so many issues. If you can't get to the rim, what else are you going to do? <laughs> right. You're going to, you're going to shoot threes. Well, and, That's yeah, what you do. And, and when you're a six foot guard and the, the guy guarding you is six, three, you have to shoot a 25 footer instead of a 23 footer. Right. Like you right. cannot, you, you, you're just, you're going to have to shoot a more difficult shot to get a clean look. And well, so and even even those from, shots become harder. Yeah, I mean last year Isaac Bonton 6-3, right? Like you could see the difference that there was in him getting his shot off versus Flowers and, and Roberts. And you could say strong probably stronger than you know, a little more thick yes. than these guys too. For sure. For sure. You know, able to get to the and, rim. And Isaac know? was, you know, not good inside the arc. <laughs> Like he, he got like, better as the year went on. He, he got better yeah. as the year went on, but he, you know, it was his shot selection was kind of the primary culprit. But, um, yeah. but again, no he was making plays for others, and they're not doing that. You know, I I don't really have, and like much qualms with like flowers. Like if if flowers right. is here, and then they also have a playmaking guard, flowers is amazing. Because like Flowers yeah. is he's shooting well, he's very efficient. If he's your two guard, that's a perfect two guard. Yes. but he's playing the one, and Roberts is playing right. the two most of the time. Right. And, and so they're like, he's just not. He doesn't have that skill set in this league to consistently make plays for others. And you've seen his kind of possessions have shot up in Pac-12 play because honestly, he's got to take the shot because he's not finding it for the other people. And luckily, I don't for... think there's a solution either. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think so. You, you, like the, these are the guys we have. Like, these who are who they are. Who Bomba's not going. Yeah, Bomba's not. Bomba's not going to suddenly get better. Like we hoped he I would. I mean, I guess, but I, you know, there's no there's no guard on the bench that could take his spot. They could take Roberts' spot. I, I guess you could go 
like like you did against uh, Arizona State when we went, obviously it was Flowers that got benched in that game, you know. So you went, uh, you know, it, it was Roberts and Roberts Williams Bamba, uh, See, and then two bigs or or something like that. Well, that's and that's you know, what maybe they, you could do that. That's what they went. But with you can't go rapping Kulabali. Yeah. yeah. Like those well, guys yeah. can't play. I mean, Kulabali has been scratched a hundred times in a row, so I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure what's going he's, on. With him. He's not in the plan anymore. Yeah, he's not. It he's, appears he's not. He's not there anymore. Um, yeah. So it and honestly, that's it's what we wanted them to do in fucking December, and it's kind of what I'd like to see. It. I don't know because are we are we running with Ty and another? transfer guard or with Ty and Miles Rice next year? Is that is that where we're is our starting backcourt? I don't know, be? man. I, I just think I just think it's so painfully obvious that you can't run those two little guards out. And so like even so I was Well and especially uh, especially because yeah, so sorry, go ahead. I was just saying I was editing and posting Bryce's transfer story. You know, Bryce has kind of his wish list of guys, interesting guys he thinks might be available for transfer. And it's like, there's a couple of them. They're like six feet tall. And I'm like, nah, nah, yep. I'm not interested in another six foot tall. I don't, I don't fucking care how good he is. Unless I'm it's that dude from six Oral tall. Roberts. I'll take him. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. But it's just like, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not interested anymore. Um, you know, maybe Miles Rice turns out to be great. Um, you know, you, but he's you also not playing that, this year. Yeah, and so I mean that's tough to say. I mean maybe they just thought they could get by without playing him. Um, well, I and think then, that one of the know, then eventually issues... you get so deep that you're not gonna you're not gonna burn his red shirt, right? So I, yeah. I don't know. I have no well, idea. And one of the one of the issues, like Roberts comes in, he was like a forty percent, forty six percent three point shooter at Division two, at yeah. California San Diego. He's shooting thirty two percent on threes. That is yes. not acceptable. Well, it's you know it's tougher when the guys challenging your shot are six three six four like six, when you're five, shooting right? as many as he does six, and you're, he's like not producing points in other right. ways like if you're shooting you know flowers is fine he's forty five percent on his twos he's thirty eight percent on his threes that's that's for a guard that's perfect that's where you want to be yeah it's fine but but thirty two percent is I think probably the coaching staff would probably admit is lower than they expected him to shoot. And then they're yep. getting Noah who's shooting 22% who they're probably at least hoping he'd shoot 30, you know, and Noah's offensive rating in conference play is 82. Ugh. That's bad. Um, Eight, and two. That, and that's come up because he had a 98 against Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for people like, okay, so, I mean, I imagine a lot of you listen to the podcast. Noah's effective. If you don't listen to us very, if you don't listen to us all the time, just trust us. 82 is really bad. 100 is average. That's like 20% worse than the average player. If, if that helps conceptualize it, it's bad. It's real bad. His effective field goal percentage in conference play is 33%. Yes. That, that's That's, when, that's, that's, that's when you get one and a half credit for 1.5 credit for a three pointer. Right. 33%. It's, he, I mean, if we just, if you and I were doing what we used to do for, uh, you know, for basketball prospectus or ESPN, when we used to write the previews and we would just look at stat profiles of players and whatever, mm-hmm. like we would just go, 
oh my God, that guy fucking sucks. Like, have you seen this guy? This guy's taking like 25% of the shots and he's like his effective field goal is 33%. What is going on? Like, that's, Yeah, if you had that's, no context. Well, you'd also look at his no previous. Context. Well, like we would look at his previous season. Like what is going – like yeah. what happened to this player? What the hell? How did he shoot He's shooting 34% on twos. He's shooting 34% on twos and 20% on threes and it's like – what, what, like, why when is this guy shot, taking so many, why is he, play, he you'd be like, why is he even playing? We, we'd we be saying, why is this guy even playing? Like, this guy should down transfer. It's, and well, I'm not saying think, Noah should do any of that, a, but. I mean, you would look at his profile, you'd probably be like, he's definitely like a defensive guy. Yeah, probably defensive specialist. But, but, but you wouldn't expect a defensive specialist to shoot that many shots, right? Right. That's and, exactly right. And you look his his assist rate in conference play is fourteen point six, and last year it was twenty one point four. He's you know thirty three percent less often assisting on other shot like uh, other things. He's drawing fouls at a good rate, but but not shooting fouls. But not shooting free throws. That's, as that's well. the he's thing. Like he's drawing fouls, but they're not shooting fouls. They're not shooting fouls. And plus, even when he gets to the line, he's significantly worse free throw shooter than he was last year. And you know, for he last year he shot forty percent on his twos. This year, thirty four percent. This is all in conference play, yeah. and thirty seven percent in conference play on threes. Twenty percent this year. Like it's it's baffling, and and there's no way the coaching staff could have planned for this drop off. No, in a guy who nope. was like potentially an all conference player coming in the season, and it sucks. I'm not trying to like bag on him because it probably sucks worse for him than anything. And I know he oh, works his ass definitely off. Definitely sucks worse for him. Like no it, doubt. And it, it's it, it, like he he works his ass off. He's one of those guys, chip on his shoulder, trying to get better. Like there's no better evidence than that than how he improved his shot from his freshman to sophomore year. But then with with him, like everything's got to be right with that shot, and it's just not been right. And it, it's. It's it's so frustrating. It's a bummer to watch, and you know he's only only a junior, so he, maybe he can turn it back around next year. And he's got another year after that. Um, but it's it's just it's to the point where it's like he cannot be a major part of the offense. Like it just can't happen. You know, like it's 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 detrimental to the team yep. if he's taking a lot of shots. When you're shooting that poorly, you know, and that's why it was like, it was like, it was like catching lightning in a bottle in that first half. And literally like WSU would have been been getting run off the court if Noah didn't have like his best half of the season. Right. But then in the second half, it was like, ah, like his, one of his worst halves of the season. Like, yeah. I mean, so to recap, you've got one guard who is scoring pretty well, can really shoot, uh, you know, but really can't create for other people, can't get to the rim. Um, you know, his best attribute is is shooting threes and not turning the ball over. Then you've got another guard who is not doing either of those, things, can't get to the rim either, also is not making very many threes, and also is not creating for other people. And then you've got a third guard on the floor who is an offensive liability just in general. That's your three guards that you're running out there right now. I, I just – and people want well, this and, offense. Oh, uh, Kyle Smith should drop better plays. Like, like what the fuck? Like, like, what is he supposed to do? 
I don't know. I mean, okay, they're supposed to put him in a better position to score. I mean, I guess. But, like, I don't know. Do you see all the missed layups? I see all the missed layups. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, if you want to, if you want to criticize them. If you get a dunk. If you want to criticize them, what you can criticize them on is the roster construction. Like, yes. That's, that's, that's and that is valid. That, that's a valid criticism. Cause he, they, he put together a roster with two miniature guards, like, which was, but I remember when it happened, we were, when they first started Roberts at the start of the year, we're like, this seems to go against a lot of the things that he generally believes. Yep. Yes, it does. Cause he when typically the year likes before, longer, bigger guards, when the yep. year before our guards were, our two, our one and two were six, three Bonton and six, five Noah Williams. Yep. And and then we well, run what's out. crazy about it is our our defense hasn't suffered, like that's what's yeah, wild. Our defense that's, is that just is as the good most as wild was, thing. It, just better. It's, our, our defense is better than it was last year, and that's why yeah. I think that's why I'm not like Roberts. Like must be playing well in defense. Like I mean, he's got quick hands. Yeah, he 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 he's he's he doesn't like he's not a stopper, but he's he's good. It, he's a good team defender. He he he's a ball hawk, like all that stuff. So he's not detrimental, but there's a point when offensively it is becoming a detriment. And this is actually not the part where I expected it to be a huge detriment. And and what and this is where it is. It's just because we cannot effectively run some of the things we want to do. And people will be like, well, dump it to the big guys. It's, well, neither F.A. or Mo have shown a consistent ability to score off the block. They don't. Neither one of them has a real post game. Yeah, like Mo's. Like our one, our one a, guy who's got a post game hasn't played in you know a month and a half. So, yeah, and his and he was struggling in the post like and early in the season too. Absolutely. He was giving the ball away all yep. the time. Um, yep. But although he was, I think he was coming around when he got hurt, which is so goddamn frustrating. Um, and uh, but hopefully he can get back at some, but apparently he's medically cleared. It's just when he feels comfortable, honestly, with an eye, I probably never feel comfortable. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. You start moving, your eye starts throbbing. Like I get it, man. It's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't so, know, man. I, I just, I don't think there's anything. How did we get it? Jeff, we, we weren't going to, we won't talk that much about, but like, we're just going to be mad. Like we're just going to be disappointed. We're not, yeah. gonna, it's 53 minutes in. Yeah, we haven't yeah. even talked about the games that are coming I up. I know. Maybe we should uh, take a break. All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about what's coming up next week, this weekend, and then, and we'll talk about uh, the women's hoops team who had a quite a weekend, a good weekend that started out very strange. Um, and so we'll be right back. We're back. Well, Jeff, I definitely needed a beer after um, this <laughs> men's hoops weekend, um, but I want to know what you're drinking. Yeah, I am having uh, the Noisy Boy IPA from Crux <laughs> Fermentation Project. Um, it's a West Coast IPA. It's delicious. Uh, very much enjoying it. It's got that piney, resiny uh, taste to it. 
Um, the, in fact, the only thing I can complain about uh, with this beer is that the can is uh, purple and gold. Uh, so uh, that's now the purple is kind of a kind of a lavender. Um, it's got kind of a, I, I don't know what the inspiration was for um, for the for the can design. It's it definitely looks kind of like a, an old like a comic book kind of style. Um, it's got kind of a comic book font and um, you know little dots like you know like so, the, the the comic print. So is is no, noisy boy a, a comic book reference that I'm not aware of? Well, why would I know? I I don't know. You know stuff. You're a smart guy. You know things. Um, so, what, so I, I gotta say, I, I I pulled it up on Tapped, and so I have an I have an inkling okay. as as to where you bought this because the very first check in, of course, uh, they said purchased at Costco. Costco. <laughs> yep, because I happened <laughs> to be there, and I was like, yeah, that looks good. I'll get one. Of, I'll get that. This is you like. Know. So this is becoming the premier podcast on reviewing beers from Costco, Costco beers. <laughs> it's it's so true. It is so true. My side piece, though, I can tell you, my side piece, I did not get at Costco. So, well, what's your side uh, piece? Though? It's a Rogers. A Rogers oh, Rogers. Well, you could have gotten at Costco, yes. I think. No, actually, they don't sell not, Rogers. Not at, at my Costco. No, I don't think they sell Costco. Rogers at Costco. The Pilsner yeah, sure don't sell well with the Costco crowd. No, no, it's all I. Oh, you got it, at Winco. At Costco. Yeah, I think I got it, at Winco. I, yeah, Win- I haven't been. Uh, I Winco, haven't been Rainer Growlers in a few weeks, so. Winco was my first place where I started exploring with craft beer. I remember my so my roommate when I was uh, when I was a junior, and he was a little bit older than me. And so he turned 21 before me. And so he, when we went to Winco to do our grocery shopping, he would get the beer. And so we would just try different things. And it was, there was nothing crazy back then. It was like all the, like, you know, Black Bee Porter, you know, Blue Moon, we thought was like crazy. And, but then, like, one, one that I really remember is, uh, Coeur Brewery Huckleberry Ale, which they would have occasionally, which, uh, Coeur Brewery doesn't exist anymore. I think there's another brewery that makes the beer. Um, but, uh, that was like my first, like favorite craft beer was quarter lane brewery, Huckleberry Ale. And it was Winco shopping that beer selection at Winco. Yeah. So shout out to yeah. Winco. Yeah. It's pretty much all IPAs all the time there for the most part too, but uh, they, yeah, do t- they do, they do tend to have Georgetown beers there. So actually, you know what the funny thing is? The place where I get Pilsners most of the time is at Walmart. Like a lot of times they have Freem Pilsner and uh, I'm trying to remember. So I got I got another Lager Pilsner there, good decent Lager Pilsner there one time. So yeah, it's, Freem uh, Pilsner. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Too. Yeah, yes, it is. I I agree. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, I you know, that's you know, I I, I tend to be a convenient shopper, Craig, and uh, and Costco is convenient to me because I'm there like twice a week. So. <laughs> that's too many times too shopping for my kids there. buying food <laughs> what about you well um so i'm having a triple ipa and it is earth versus triple ipa from wayfinder and ruse brewing in Ooh. portland and i had a few yeah. reasons for this beer but um the first reason i'll say is it's triple a triple ipa season and Jeff, do you know why it is triple IPA season? Why are so many breweries 
releasing triple IPAs this month. Do they have hops they have to use up or something? No. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Come on, Jeff. This is a <laughs> like you 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 got you got some things to learn as a craft I beer. I do. Nerd. I do. I do. To get right, some so craft beer street pet. Have you ever heard of the beer Pliny the Younger? Oh yeah, yeah. Not yes, Pliny the Elder. I, I've heard of both of them. Okay, so Pliny the Younger. What do you know about Pliny the Younger? I've had it. I no, you have not. no, you have, have not. No, you have not. Okay. You have I've not only had, had Pliny, Pliny the, the Elder. Yes, there I've is. Had Pliny the Elder. If you've had Pliny the Younger, you were incredibly fortunate and okay. you, you, you probably would have had to do it intentionally. Okay. All right. So, no, I have not. So, and Pliny the what, Elder is. What should a, I know about Pliny the Younger? Pliny the Elder is a double IPA, as you know. Yes. Uh, Russian River used to distribute in Washington, no longer does. Um, ended about 2012, I think. Uh, so, Pliny the Younger is a triple IPA that Russian River only releases in February for about a couple weeks. They'll release it at their tap room, and then they'll send it to all their various accounts. They'll get a keg or two or three, depending on how much Russian River beer they typically sell. Um, part of the reason that Russian River pulled out of Washington is Washington's uh, um, distribution system prevented them from choosing where their beer went. So, you know, like the distribution company could just send – Pliny the Younger to, you know, Total Wine or something. So, um, so and they they want some more control. They didn't have control in Washington. That's why they pulled out. So Pliny the Younger only released a couple weeks a year. Um, I've had it one year. Uh, I was in San Diego. I booked a business trip specifically because I knew they would have kegs of Pliny the Younger in San Diego around that time. And... Uh, um, so I was fortunate enough to uh, – I booked a Airbnb right next to uh, Toronado, San Diego, rest in peace, no longer open. Because um, I, you know, I figured if anyone's going to have a surprise cake, they would. Um, as I'm riding in the car, in the Uber, from my hotel to my Airbnb for the weekend, there's uh, a ba- another bar – um, uh, which bar was it? Shit. Maybe it was blind lady at house it was, um, they were doing a, um, a contest basically, you know, like if you donate to a charity, you have a chance to win two tickets to their Pliny the younger tasting on Sunday, which like usually, so the Toronado people had told me when they have an announced keg of Pliny the younger, it takes them 33 minutes to sell it out because that's how long it takes them to pour the beer. So people freak out. People wait. Like I've had friends that have went down to Russian River Brewing to get it. And you wait in line for like eight hours to, to have it. Because when they, when they released Pie of the Younger the first time, like no one had ever seen a triple IPA before. Like it it was the craziest thing. And and so uh, when I was down there, I... While I'm in the car, I find out I had won the tasting. Uh, and so I was like, hell yeah, I know this weekend I'm going to get a Tripliner the Younger for the first time. 
but I, they told me you have two tickets. You cannot drink. So they each come with with a pour of Pliny the Younger and a pour of Pliny the Elder. But you cannot have all four pours. Like we're not going to let you do that. <laughs> you and have so I was to like, share it with somebody. Is, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go to Tornado tonight. This is a craft beer bar, a lot of beer nerds, and I'm going to make a friend, and I'm going to and 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 there I'm going to say, hey, do you want to go? Do you want the other plan of the iron tasting? Well, as soon as I get into my Airbnb, I set my stuff down. I look on Untapped for a Tornado. Someone has checked in Pliny the Younger. So they had, they do two announced kegs and they do one secret keg. This was their secret keg. So I literally threw my shit down and ran over to the bar, got a pour of Pliny the Younger. That was actually when I got to taste it first. And then I made a friend named Jerry and who's still my friend to this day, who I went back to San Diego many times and like visited him. Um, he knows Amanda. Um, we know his wife like he's like a very good friend now but you know we sat there they had Pliny on tap it lasted all night because no one knew it was there um and then <laughs> like yeah i think it lasted like seven hours or something from when they That's tapped awesome. it and so i had two pours um and that was all they would let you do is two um and then but you know they had all these other crazy beers on tap so i was like once i saw the list i'm like oh my god i'm definitely gonna find some person that's gonna be like so yeah jerry ended up going with me he was so hung over from something the night before because this was friday then it was sunday saturday night he went out and got drunk he was so hung over i ended up drinking all four of the beers anyway and then i got on a plane super drunk and uh flew flew home but so that was playing nice. the younger which um great classic clean west coast ipa the og this one is very in vain of playing the younger it's it's very similar to it. it it does great balance it's a clean it's a clean ipa not hazy uh very west coasty tons of grapefruit um good bitterness because a 10 percent ipa it's going to be sweet it's balanced with the bitterness it's wonderful um if, if you can't get playing the younger if you can find this beer it's pretty similar um and uh, yeah, that's just me. I want to talk about. That's why this trip. So you'll see a lot of Washington breweries. So uh, Browers started a thing. Once R- Russian River left, a lot of Wash Browers started like a triple IPA festival. So like every Washington brewery would make a triple IPA, and they and they 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 just have like thirty triple IPAs on draft for a weekend or whatever. And so I don't know if they're doing that this year because of COVID or whatever, but they've done it in the past. Uh, so a lot of bre- Washington breweries will brew triple, a- triple IPAs around this time. Um, and then other breweries will just to, in honor of Pliny the Younger. Um, so it's triple IPA season. You know, I don't drink triple IPAs very often, but I will definitely drink them in February because it's triple IPA season. So well, man, that was I've, very long. I'm just going to have to go out and find one of those or find a Boneyard Notorious. That's my favorite triple IPA. Yep. Boneyard Notorious is a, is a very good one as well. Although I've heard there's been some batch variation recently, where they oh. always uh, where they are always hitting it. Um, all right, so that was a long beer segment, uh, but that's what people come here for. They they endure the all the kook talk so they can hear the ten minutes of beer that we talk about. Um, so yeah, let's let's look at ahead uh, the men men's hoops for the weekend. Uh, Tough uh, as tough a road trip as you know the toughest road trip there is uh, this this year in the Pac-12 and historically a very tough road trip. Um, UCLA on Thursday and uh, USC 
on Sunday while I'm at my friend's wedding in North Carolina. I can't believe she scheduled it that way. How dare she? What was she thinking? Oh, and then by the way, I'm, so I'm going to get it on Friday or on Thursday about five. And I've already, I've, I've clocked a, a bar in Chapel Hill to watch the game at 11 p. I figured they'll, a bar in Chapel Hill will have a UCLA game on. Yeah. It's not, I had to find one that's open till 2 a.m. Because the game starts at 11 p.m. in North Carolina. Yeah, it starts at 8 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. So so I had to – I found a bar. You know, their their whole page is like people watching college basketball. So I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, so I got a bar to watch the UCLA game on Thursday. But it's going to be a tough one. You know, yep. UCLA is pretty damn good. Yes, they are. And they uh, – it's funny. You know, they're, they're good in a way that's – um, you know, that's different from Arizona. Uh, yes. they're not huge inside, but they are, um, you know, they run their, their, their wings, they're two through four. They're wing um, heavy. Like all about, yeah, they're two through four, all about six, seven. Uh, you know, it's, it's Hawkes, it's Bernard, it's Juzang. Uh, they all, they all run six, seven. Um, and then they put, you know, and then they, they pair that usually with one big Cody Riley or Miles Johnson, uh, you know, one of those two guys, David Singleton, uh, who comes in and plays a bunch, hits a bunch uh, of threes, you know, he's, yeah. And he's, he's six, four, you know, really the, the only short guy is Tiger Campbell. Um, and he's also, you know, incredibly annoying for, um, you know, being that, that little point guard. He, he basically at five eleven he does what, you know, we need our guards to do, which is create for other people. Um, and so he's, um, you know, he's a heck of a lot of fun and they just, man, they, it's, uh, I had been kind of thinking like, yeah, I think we match up pretty well there. I now I'm I'm doubting, <laughs> I'm I'm doubting that because of the just the, all the size that they've got at the wing position, is what is sort of, is what is sort of getting me now. Maybe, maybe the fact that Tiger Campbell is five eleven um, is helpful. I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, I feel like our bigs, you know, can take advantage of their front court just a little bit. Um, you know, this strikes me as the kind of game that Muhammad Gay could could really go off yeah. um, and have a, have a really excellent game. Um, he's just been, you know, I you know we spent the first you know forty five fifty minutes of the podcast talking about all the things that have gone wrong. Um, he he is something that's going right. He is getting you know better every week. Um, you know, he had he had a couple of plays against Oregon where you know like one was an offensive rebound, you know, tip in that he had. Um, he just he's just getting. He's just so inexperienced, um, not just, you know, obviously at the college level, but, you know, as a high schooler too, he wasn't, you know, hadn't really played a lot of competitive basketball and, um, you know, he's just, he's, he's extremely talented and you just see that with, with the improvement that he makes. So, um, he strikes me as a guy who could have a big game, um, you know, FA as well. Well, cause, uh, you yeah, know, UCLA is real good, but I think I Mohammed could like, he's quick enough where he could handle Juzang. You know, I, yeah. I, it, it, and so, cause he, that's probably who he would check. Um, or I could see us honestly yeah. playing as owed. Um, yeah. which would probably not be a good idea, but I, um, I, especially if Singleton's in the game, but it, they, yeah, they don't shoot a ton of threes and they don't make them at a ridiculous rate. So yeah, it's crazy maybe. that Tiger Campbell is actually hitting a good percentage at this point, but, but yeah, I, I don't like, he uh, UCLA typically only plays one of their bigs at a time, 
you know that they're gonna they're gonna rotate Riley and Johnson. Johnson's been a huge addition for them from Rutgers. Yes. Uh, because last year, difference. when Riley wasn't on the floor, they were so tiny and so like e- like easy to exploit for a lot of teams. But like having Johnson in there to so they can rotate and always have a big in there. Yeah, um, and he's but, a rim protector too. I mean, that's the thing that he gives them that they didn't have before. And the the thing about UCLA is it's. I mean, Hawkes is kind of the. I mean, Juzang is 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 the definitely the go to type guy, but he's not so dominant. Like it's they have other guys that can go off in any game, particularly uh, Bernard and Hawkes, but even Campbell at times, and you know, and Singleton can bury threes. He doesn't shoot a lot, but when he does, he can get real hot. And obviously, you know, Kaiman cannot come off the fucking bench and annoy the hell out of us, you know. So. They have, they have a lot of just play, they're not necessarily like playmakers for themselves, but they have guys that can get their own shot. I mean, they are yeah. playmakers for themselves, not, not for others, but they have guys that can get their own shot. Yeah. And, and so they're a tough, they're, they're a tough guard. So, you know, like when you're looking at the lineup, yeah, so Ty's going to guard Tiger. And then Flowers is going to have to check Juzang or Bernard. Bernard, probably, probably Bernard. Who's he's given up six to seven inches to, and then, and yeah. then you're gonna have Noah's gonna have Juzang, and yeah, so you're gonna definitely like they're gonna be looking to funnel these guys inside to the rim protectors, which is not a bad strategy, honestly. Um, yep. and that's kind of that's always what they do, so that you know, and UCLA, this is not gonna be a game of assists because UCLA sucks at. Like they're one on one play a lot too, um, but they what they do do really well is they don't turn the ball over. So that it's hard to turn a team over that is as stingy as they are. Like it's that is something that we have relied on for as a defense more than last year, and that is not something that they do. So I don't see us. Maybe we'll tick them up a little bit. But this is not a game where we're going to dominate the turnovers like we have in the last few games. And so you're going to have to, you know, hopefully our size can limit some of their offensive rebounding. They're a pretty good offensive rebounding team. And then hopefully you just defend. They're not a great shooting team. So, like, a lot of their efficiency comes from just shot volume, right? Yeah, they so, just have, and they just have dudes who can get their own shots. Yeah, you know they don't. They, their their turnover percentage is so low because you look at you go okay, Juzang's assist rate is eleven point five, Bernard's is ten point seven, and Hawkes is fourteen. Like those are sort of, uh, those are so low that you would almost expect like to get to get something higher by almost by accident. <laughs> you know, I mean, but the only way that you get it that low is if you are rarely passing. And, and so that's what they've got is they've got guys who create their own shot. They don't need passes to get in a scoring position. And, you know, they isolate guys and they use their size to find um, advantageous matchups and, the, and then they go. So, um, yeah, you'll definitely you know, see Hawkes be... post up and Juzang post up um, in this game. Like they definitely like yep. to post those guys up. Like, you know, just because they're typically taller, especially Juzang is typically taller than the, the guy that's guarding him. Right. And you do have Campbell, who will create for other people, 
but he never turns the ball over, which is wild uh, for a dude who passes and creates as much as he does to only turn the ball over 13% of his possessions um, is, is kind of, kind of bananas. Um, but he's, you know, he's got, he's, he's special in that way. He's, he's a fun dude, but again, I, I like, love watching him play. But we, you know, we have great shooting defense, you know, at both three point range and which is, you know, kind of can be iffy, but we, but yep. we, we defend inside really well. So we could, we could force them into a bad shooting night. We're going to have to clean the glass yep. though. We're going to have to clean the yep. glass, which we have not done very well. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, you know, that's defensively, offensively, UCLA isn't great. Like they're just solid at a lot of off, like def, like defensive categories. And that, ter- that results in a very good defense. And they're just tough, man. They, you know, it's, you know, you and I are both sort of loath to, you know, ascribe psychological factors to analysis or whatever. But, um, but the reality is they are, they're they're tough. Um, You know, when I, when I talk with our basketball coach at my high school um, and we, we sort of like talk about, you know, the things we enjoy about basketball. And one thing we enjoy is UCLA because um, he always just says like, you know, they, they are a reflection of their coach. Like they are, you know, Mick Cronin has, has changed the, um, you know, the attitude of that program, the perception of that program, and, and they are just really, really tough. They're tough as nails. So um, now I think we're really tough too. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what we can do. Um, you know, I'm certainly not expecting a win, but, um, you know, I think we will, you know, I think we'll play them super tough and, um, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe this is the game where we finally, we finally hit some shots and, you know, having Tiger Campbell on the floor, um, it, you know, gives us a guy that we can actually shoot over for once. <laughs> yep. Um, and then you go uh, try to get revenge on USC, <clears throat> USC, who they probably should have beaten in Pullman. Um, yep. Again, you know, USC is pretty big. Uh, not as big as UCLA, but you got Drew Peterson who gives – who gave us trouble last game just because he just made absolutely ridiculous shots because he's just tall and can apparently hit one foot fadeaways like Dirk Nowitzki. I don't know. Um, Not a fluke though. I mean, he's shooting 50% on threes or 50% on twos this year. He's he's, not a fluke. Yeah. He's a tough guy. Um, Again, again, like they don't have a guy that dominates uh, their offense. Uh, They have a lot of guys. Um, Ethan Anderson's only six one, but he's built like a freaking linebacker. So he's a tough guard. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of like, they again are a team that doesn't have a guy playmaking for other guys that much, but they do kind of, yep. they have a bunch, they have a bunch of guys that are kind of decent at it. And so they, you know, Peterson and, and Ellis and and Anderson do it enough to where they're like not one guy is doing it. It's just because one there's not one guy on this team that dominates the ball a lot. They move it around quite a bit. Um, and you know what we you know we held up pretty well defensively against them last time. Offense was a struggle, particularly when they were playing Flowers and Roberts at the same time. And you might remember, like, down the stretch in the second half when they played better, they, they were rotating Flowers and Roberts and not playing them at the same time. And so I'll be curious to see 
if they use that same strategy from the start against USC. Yeah. I mean, I'll be curious to see if they do it against UCLA too. Yeah. Like, you know, both games, um, UCLA would seem to be even more prime for that given, you know, given the fact that they're, uh, you know, their second guard is going to be six, seven. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I, I'm with you. Uh, you know, if U, USC feels like the more beatable of the two teams, but at the same time, uh, USC just beat UCLA without, uh, Isaiah Mobley, by the way, they <laughs> played him at home, beat him by three. Isaiah Mobley didn't even play. So, um, you know, USC is very good as well. Do we know what his status is? Like, if... yeah, he. I just looked it up real quick. He's supposed to play against Washington on Thursday. So, damn, um, he's supposed he's supposed <laughs> to be. I know. Damn it, um, he's supposed to be back. So, um, yeah, it's you know USC's tough. I mean, you know this. We knew this run was going to be you know the gauntlet, um, and you know one game down and didn't get it. So, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're prepared and. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's I I still think we can beat both these teams. Like I I know that um, sort of the uh, the the in the in thing to do, as the kids would say, uh, is to uh, declare that the season's over and these guys suck. But I I just you know I can't do that. I won't do that. I mean, they you know they they can beat both of these teams. Um, you know, but it's it's gonna take you know it's gonna take something a little special. Gonna take something a little special to pull it off. Yeah. Gonna need a, a wild result, but uh, so yeah, that's yep. the weekend coming up. Um, and then now let's look at uh, what the WC women did this past week. They also had three games. That yeah. first game, I so I'm not gonna say much about it because I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, I think we talked the, about it last week too, didn't we? No, because we hadn't recorded. The game was, yet. had already happened, didn't it? No, no. Did we record on Wednesday? I think so, but maybe not. No, I'm pretty sure that it had not happened. Okay. Well, let's just pretend it did. So, yeah. And then, so, <laughs> uh, but then on the weekend, I mean, it's so funny. We have this one basketball team that cannot win close games to save their life. And then nope. we have this other basketball team that just fucking always wins the close games, no matter what, it seems. And, and so... Crazy. That UCLA game was nuts. Like they, you, you get down to the end and they're down by two. You know they have two shots at it. Uh, they end up with a their second shot. At, they have a, a you know baseline out of bounds. Seven seconds left. They get to Charlize. Uh, Charlize she, you know, tries this fadeaway, airballs it, but somehow. It ends up in her sister's hands and she throws up just nothing. Like she said, it was like, she said in the interview afterwards, it was completely lucky. Throws it up, goes in, gets fouled, hits the free throw, Coogs win. Like what on earth? And what was uh, super encouraging about that game? And I think has been the story often this season is, is that, they actually were able to overcome a really bad game from Charlize and win against a solid team. You know, another bubble team. That's what made it such a big game. Like, UCLA got them already. If they got swept by UCLA, that gives the committee a reason to pick UCLA over WSU. But now they've beaten UCLA. And so so that can't be the reason now. 
And, and so, but Charlize had a one of her worst games. Couldn't buy a bucket. And, but Crystal stepped up, had one of her best games as a Coug. 22 points, game-winning shot, bunch of clutch buckets. And they and they came through and won. And and that was a huge, huge win. And because they're, they're right there on the bubble. I don't... I haven't seen what Charlie Cream has got uh, today. Um, if he's got them in there, let's look at it. Yeah, he's got. Oh, he's, that so Charlie Cream must think that Oregon loss really did a number on them because he had them over Oregon. So he had them in the last four in. He has so his last four buys and last four in. He has. Colorado, who WSU beat in Colorado, Gonzaga, who WSU beat at Gonzaga, and Oregon State, who WSU beat. And then he's got WSU in the first four out. And I think it's all because they lost by 53 to fucking Oregon, which is whatever, you know? If you watch that game, you knew, like, that thing was over in the first quarter, and no one gave a shit after that. Like, it was like, whatever. Um, So, uh... Yeah, it's so they came back in the USC game. Damn near blew that one. <laughs> yep. it looked like they were in control. Just stopped score. They scored one point, I think, in the final like seven minutes or something. Yeah. Um, they were up by twenty early. Yeah, right? yeah, they were up by twenty. USC kind of whittled it away. Just kindly, slowly worked into it, and then by the end, USC had a their best player Jenkins a layup to tie, and she missed it. And that's that's where this close game luck comes into play, man. Like the, yep. the the best player on the team misses a lay and they get the rebound, they hit a free throw. That's after Charlize had a great first half, didn't do much in the second half, missed two free throws that could have iced the game. Um and then and then uh you know, Bella hits one and two when she gets fouled on the rebound. USC turns the ball over and then the game's over. Uh so yeah, it's you know, they got through, that's how they win, that's why they're they're their net rating is not is way worse than the guys like the men's team's net rating. Is this because you know while the men's team loses a bunch of close games and then wins when they win win by you know bigger margins, the women's team when they lose they lose by big margins and when they win they they win by the slightest of margins. So they came through in this three game set two win one with a negative forty nine point differential. Uh, you know, there's a, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's, the Mariners would be proud of that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so now they got a big, big, big home series. Um, this could legit, like they could, I'm not saying could break, uh, their, uh, cha- you know, break their tournament resume, but they could make their tournament resume this weekend. Um, and you know, Arizona State's a bubble team. You know, Ch- Charlie Charlie Cream on ESPN has them as his last four buys. So that's, you know, they're like the 62nd team in. And mm-hmm. then Arizona is a top 10 team. So you have a chance to beat another bubble team. You know, look, say, look what we could do against another team of similar, you know, that, that you're comparing us against. And then you have a chance to... You know, get a truly, truly signature win. They have some big wins. You know, they have the, the the win at Colorado, the win at Gonzaga. You know, 
beating even Miami in a neutral side was pretty good. You know, beating, you know, at winning at USC was pretty good, but they don't have the truly like top 10 signature win that they had a multiple of last year, including Arizona. So getting that, and, and that's what got them in last year. If they're able to get Arizona, which they took to the wire in Tucson, um, if they could pick off Arizona, then they would be sitting pretty. If they split the weekend and they give Arizona a good fight and they beat Arizona State, you know, they're kind of probably similar to where they were when the weekend started. Because um, I don't think Arizona State's quite a, you know, I think they're like 35 or so in net. Um, so uh, it's not like a huge, huge win, uh, but it's definitely a quality win and, and that would look good on the resume. You know, the big one, if you could knock it, because the next weekend, the final weekend of the regular season, you go, and to also being said, WSU currently sits in fourth in the, in the Pac-12, which that just through optics, that would look nice to be fourth in the Pac-12, you know, and that would mean you win probably at least two of these final four games. Uh, yeah, you probably would have to play Stanford in the semifinal, but you'd, you'd get a better team in your first game to try to beat, to get another quality win. You'd probably get another bubble team to, that you'd play against in that quarterfinal. And just, you know, that optic of being fourth in the conference in, in a, in yep. one of the best conferences to be fourth is, is, is a good thing. And so if they can, you know, if they beat Arizona state and they beat Cal, though, there's a good chance that they finish fourth. So winning at, at least being Arizona state this weekend is huge. Cause I mean, I'm sorry. I, until further notice, you got to kind of write off that Stanford game as a as a big loss because they've never beaten them yes. and they've never never come close. Uh, not at least not recently. Um, so that Cal game should be a win. Cal's very bad, but but that's also not helping your resume. It can only hurt your resume. Um, so the big weekend. This is your last two home games. Two big chances to solidify your resume. Uh, Charlize had a big game against Colorado. Man, she's due for some more. Like, I just, I want to see her go off. You know, they've been able to win at times without her, but these are two very good teams. They're going to need Charlize to, to, to shoot well and, and score well and, and just be her assertive self. So, um, it'll be a, a big weekend for them and, and interesting to watch. Uh, um, so they're on Friday and Sunday, Friday, Arizona State, Sunday, Arizona. Um, last home weekend of the season already. It's crazy. Yeah, they just really need that signature win, right? Like that's that's the big thing. Um, and, and that was the thing that really powered them into the tournament last year. Was you know, I mean, they, they had some big wins over some really quality teams, and the committee loves that stuff. Like like we have learned that over the years that the committee loves if you show that you can beat really good teams, um, they can overlook some, some, you know, sort of crappy losses. Um, you know, that, and that's, that's sort of the biggest thing that, you know, both teams are sort of struggling with to some degree right now. You know, you mentioned the women's net rating. Well, they, they haven't, um, the net rating is opponent adjusted. So they, they don't have, they, they've won a lot of close games. Um, so that's not really helping their net rating. And then they don't have, um, you know, any signature wins over, over really good teams. So, well, they have, you know, they're keeping their, their best win is 
twenty over number twenty six Gonzaga on the road. Yeah, which is so a solid win, but not on par with you know beating Arizona last year or beating uh, UCLA, beat UCLA last, last year. year. Right yeah. when UCLA was was really really good. So and then know, losing by on, on losing by fifty three to number eleven uh, in the net Oregon looks real bad. Y- yes, that. <laughs> That does not as a, as a, you know as um, I've heard a lot of people say is like just don't give the committee a reason to leave you out and that could yes that could be a reason yeah like oh well you played one really good team and they beat the heck out of you like and so yeah. that's why this Arizona game is big they got to show out against them they you know even if they don't win they got to prove that they can you know look we're not we're not that team that yeah. that lost but you know, yeah so it's 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 a big weekend. Very, very big weekend for uh, women's hoops. Um, you know, as big as as uh, the men's weekend. Um, just opportunities to uh, possibly even bigger because, you know, they're actually right on the cusp of getting in while the men's team is uh, probably pretty far yep. at this point. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, the big weekend. Uh, both teams with opportunities uh, in hoops. Uh, that didn't work out you know the opportunities themselves didn't work out so great if you're talking about the two top teams that they played last week um and then for the men for any of the teams they played uh but uh yeah so hopefully we have better better vibes better gfc vibes uh this weekend um because uh, we could use them because i was yelling at my yes. tv a lot yelling at my tv a lot on monday and uh, I can feel myself getting pretty goddamn frustrated with the basketball season. So I'd like to just get rewarded a bit for my faith and my, and my, and my, uh, my patience. <laughs> like let's get some big wins. Um, that would yeah. be great, but yep. I guess that's, uh, that's it. That's all. Um, you know, if you're gonna, I, I had someone ask me though, if you already subscribe, you should subscribe. If you've already rated us five stars and left a comment, you should do that. Um, if you already follow uh, both of us on Twitter, I'm at the Craig Powers. Jeff's at Pod versus Everyone. You know, if you already uh, follow me on Instagram, even I'm at Craig W Powers. Uh, if you've already done all of that, just tell a friend about the podcast. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just t- tell a friend. And and uh, yeah, friend friends let friends listen to good podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Or so uh, you know, or or, or kind of average podcasts that uh, you know. I mean, let's be honest, pretty shitty podcasts, but yeah, you know, at least we're entertaining. I think sometimes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 We killed. We killed it. We killed the time. We're great to fall asleep <laughs> to. Great to fall asleep to. Yes. <laughs> all right so uh jeff i guess with all those uh all that being said oh uh thank you randy england uh at randy england music on instagram as always for our music and uh with that i'll say go kooks go kooks craig black lives matter black lives matter get fucking vaccinated the jab. <laughs>